Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast, a podcast that is designed to talk about the job. I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to interview the coolest people out there in the American Fire Service and talk about the job. Everything from guys riding backwards, officers, chiefs, up through companies, people, manufacturers, products, organizations, you name it. We're trying to capture the stories to promote the job and make the job better. So if you're returning and you're a regular listener, thank you. If you're new to the podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. Podcast at nationalfireradio.com is where you can find us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, people that you think might be a good guest, or anything else that you want to talk about. Send it over to podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what we get to do is bring forth the word about the job. But in order to do that, we need the help of some sponsors. So do me a favor, hang tight, and listen to the words from a few of our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at boxalarmgrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market. Taylor's Tins is a leader in the American Fire Service helmet front space. Not only do they manufacture helmet fronts, but they do so much more. Locker tags, key chains, CO monitor charts, medical kit charts, pump charts, banquet awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to taylorstins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast. And because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to taylorstins.com, Enter NFR sent me. That is NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you to put it on your helmet and get to the next job. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. Again, that's taylorstins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. National Fire Radio podcast today. I have Retired Deputy Chief John Kane out of the Syracuse, New York Fire Department 
21 years in the fire service, retired just about a year ago. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but we're also going to talk about what Chief Kane is mixed up with today. He is an assistant professor with the Onondaga Community College. He currently is the program coordinator for the fire protection technology degree that they have there. It's a 40-year education, not educational process. It's a 40-year program. It's been there for 40 years, promoting the betterment of public safety, firefighting, and everything in between. So we're going to hop into that and so on. So, John, (coughs) Chief, thanks for joining me today, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Uh, You know, I do enjoy when mutual friends reach out and say, hey, you might want to talk to this guy or this guy's got a good story. Um, or he's involved with something fun that might be uh, beneficial. And so that's kind of how this went down. And uh, we had a mutual friend make kind of an introduction, and then here we are. Um, John, retired out of Syracuse, New York, man. That's a fun career. Syracuse is a good fire town. Uh, it is. It's it's a great fire department. It's a, it's a ISO Class 1 department. Yeah. It's been around since the late 1800s. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great organization, and I'm, I'm proud I was part of it. I think something unique to me about Syracuse, we just had Augie Matt on um, last week. Augie uh, has been with Syracuse for many years and has his own training company and so on. But something that I got out of the conversation with him reinforced something that I knew growing up as a student of the fire service and looking at Syracuse from afar, meaning in trade journals and reading about them and seeing pictures. Syracuse was a very unique department ever since I can remember, from apparatus to training culture to uh, response. Every... It, was, it seemed like Syracuse was always ahead of the curve or trying something a little bit different than the standard norm across the country. Is that true? It's definitely true. Um, you know, the fire service is constantly changing. It's always evolving. Um, and fire departments have a choice to make, right? You know, do we want to do what we've always done or do we want to kind of adapt to what's expected of us now from the communities we serve? And I think the Syracuse Fire Department has always been able to kind of adapt to whatever the current needs are. And they've been fairly innovative over the years with different equipment concepts, uh, response plans, things like that. So it's, you know, there's a lot of great fire departments out there. And, and I think Syracuse, New York is, is certainly one of them. So being an ISO class one, as well as being innovative, innovative is a great word because that's, I couldn't come up with the word at the time as, as I was, as I was laying this out, but they are very innovative in a lot of different ways. And then talking with Augie last week, it really set the stage for a bunch of different things that I suspected already being a deputy chief and retiring after 21 years on the line in Syracuse, you were a part of a lot of that innovation, I would think. I was, you know, there's a lot of great people there and it's, it's always a team sport. And, uh, you know, long before I was there, I think uh, the Syracuse Fire Department was very innovative and certainly uh, long after we're all gone, I think they'll continue to do so. And it's, you know, uh, you had Augie on and I believe he discussed some professional development stuff that Syracuse has implemented. Yes. That's a, that's a pretty big piece of the fire service today. You know, it never used to be, but now there's definitely more of an emphasis on, you know, getting additional training, education, stuff like that, because like I said earlier, the fire service is constantly evolving. So <clears throat> the people that are part of the fire service need to to keep pace with that. Well, and I love that. And that was the segue that I was setting up. And I'm glad that you just jumped right on that because that's where we are today and where you are today. After retiring almost a year ago now, we're in March. You said April of 22, you retired from the line and you took on an assistant professor job at the Onondaga Community College. And that, that is right in line with furthering education and pushing education and making education a staple in public service. Yeah. Uh, you know, for the, so the program that I 
had the opportunity to take over here in Syracuse. It's a, it's a fire protection program at a, at a community college. It's been around for a little over four decades at this point. Um, and for the most part, I mean, early on in my career, we were still, a lot of people still had the mentality that, you know, there was no need to go out and take any college classes. There's no need to go out and get any training outside of this organization. And I think, you know, and that was the fire service as a whole. And I think over time that attitudes have really evolved. So the emphasis on education and professional development in the fire services is really increasing. And, you know, while things like college degrees don't necessarily take the place of experience, I think they can still be pretty important, right? I mean, um, especially as members make their way up through the ranks into leadership roles. Um, I think a combination of experience and education can can really help to create success for the for the individuals and then the organizations that they're they're part of. You know, running a fire department nowadays, or even running just a single company or, or fire station, is becoming more and more complex. You know, that there's more to it. So I think that's where the educational component, um, you know, at Onondaga Community College and fire. Um, science programs throughout the United States, uh, fire science or fire service administration, for example, those are degrees that, you know, can be very helpful for people who are, who are part of these, uh, these fire departments that are moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so I went off to college in 1995 and I'll be honest with you. I know there were some fire science programs back then, but I really didn't pursue them because they, there was nothing, I think regionally for me that was readily available, nor did I really know or understand that those programs truly existed. And so, you know, I missed the boat on that. And I think looking back in retrospect, I would probably have pursued that. And I probably would have done some type of residential program in conjunction with going after a fire science degree. And at the time, I wasn't, you know, in northern New Jersey, where I'm from, bunking programs don't exist. Those type of programs truly don't exist here, and they still don't. But more and more across the nation, residential programs in the volunteer and combination departments are becoming much more popular. But I think it's because, like you said, it's the furthering of education. We have now more than ever wanted a better educated firefighter than we did years ago. And I think that because of that and that shift, it has allowed for more programs to pop up and to become more prevalent and avail and, and the availability of such programs to firefighters um, is more prevalent than ever. Definitely. Uh, you know, if you look back really just a few decades, um, we were still lacking that emphasis on getting, you know, members of the fire service educated. Yeah. Uh, I don't have percentages uh, exactly for, you know, a couple decades ago, but I can tell you currently, according to the U S fire administration, about 31% of firefighters in the United States, career firefighters, um, have college degrees. Um, and that's a significant increase, you know, just recently. Um, and I think it speaks to, again, the emphasis on, more education uh, for folks, especially in leadership positions. And um, there was actually something called the National Professional Development Model, which was published by the U.S. Fire Administration a few years ago, that kind of set forth recommendations on training and education for people as they make their way through the ranks. So like Fire Officer 1, which is, you know, typically lieutenant, depending on your organization, the model recommends an associate's degree. Fire Officer 2, which might be a captain, they recommend a bachelor's degree. And then Fire Officer 3, which is, you know, battalion chief or district chief level, um, they say you should have a, uh, 
a master's and then you know the the chief officer the, the chief of the department should have all of the above plus some uh, credentialing like executive fire officer from the national fire academy or chief fire officer from the cpsc so they do have recommendations um you know obviously these are not requirements but of the best practice like you know if yeah. you're going to be in a leadership role these are the training certifications and the educational background you should have which i think is great um it, it it's gotten us further down the road it, it really has it's um, not that fire departments everywhere aren't professional organizations but i think when you when you have a, a workforce that's very highly trained and educated um, it just adds to that professionalism i would i would agree with you 100 percent. i do know though or believe that there has to be a very good balance between education and experience though right and mm -hmm. and so education experience can't be replaced by education just like education can't be uh, you know, replaced by experience in a way. They both bring something very important to the table. And I think rounding out your department and creating a department culture that looks for both and values both, right? Because I don't want to, I don't want to value one over the other when it comes. I mean, this is just my world and you, you live this world. So I would love for you to speak to this. Um, but I know, and I value street experience very much so. Uh, but a higher education, furthering your education is also more than just the book smarts of it. It's also adding discipline and uh, direction and challenge to your life, which typically makes you a better person. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it is very important to, to say that, you know, education does not replace um, experience. Experience is very important. Um, you know, but I think education and experience can complement each other. Um, but it, it shouldn't just be strictly one or the other. Uh, a well-rounded firefighter or fire officer will have both. And, um, you know, to, on our end anyway, uh, like at this particular uh, program at OCC, our students have the opportunity to um, be bunkins, which means that while they're pursuing the degree at our college, <clears throat> they can live in one of uh, 13 local fire stations that, uh, you know, will basically give them uh, free room and board. Uh, and while they're there, they can respond to calls, participate in drills and training, uh, things like that. And then, yeah. you know, they're, of course, still taking classes. So it, it gives them, um, you know, a little bit of experience while they're pursuing their degree. Um, well, it's a great it's opportunity. Important to, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a very important balance to strike. And, you know, um, certainly, you know, experience just comes with time and, it, you know, the experience they get here um, by bunking in with our program is important. You know, it's you can never stop learning and the fire service is always going to be things you haven't seen or done. Uh, there's always going to be more certifications or classes. So it's it's a lifelong process. And I think anybody uh, in the fire service should always be willing to learn, you know, a new skill set. Um, it's a new subject matter, you know, try something different because the fire service changes constantly. Um, even just, you know, NFPA standards change, you know, every few years and as does technology and equipment and everything else. So, I mean, just look at some of the stuff we're dealing with now with, you know, lithium ion battery fires and uh, PFAS in the turnout gear. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a sure. constantly changing environment. Yeah, I love so let's break this down a little bit. I do want to talk about the program and what it does and, and what it looks like and how people can get involved in all of that. But I love the balance that you guys have maybe the word partnered with 13 different departments around the around the communities 
uh, that surround the college and offer that type of live-in bunk-in program to students of your program. And I'll tell you why I love that. Because I wonder about how many people come in through your program but aren't living in the firehouse and not subjected to the actual hands-on and experience end of it and go through your program and then they get thrusted into it and they go, whoa, maybe this isn't for me or whoa, I didn't know that this is the whole other side of the education that I didn't get, right? Because with your program, not only is it the books, but it's also they can get their certifications in firefighting along the way, and they can go anywhere in the country and and have that training under under their um, you know their pedigree of who they are going through your program. So not only are they getting the book smart education, they're also getting the hands on education. But then there's that education about living that service life, being in a uh, fire company, living there and dedicating not just the book time to the classes, but also the practical street time, which I think brings just as much of an education along with it. So it's a very, really good model because it's Mm -hmm. offering education on all fronts. Exactly. And that that was the intent. Um, The benefits are actually, they go both ways. So. Uh, the students get the opportunity to live someplace for free. So they're not paying to live in a dorm. Um, you know, even though they're going to essentially be living in a dormitory at the fire station, but they're not going to be on, uh, you know, the college campus living in a dorm. Um, they get all this real world experience, but also they were providing a service to these departments because when our students are in town, when classes are going on, um, you know, these bunkins are all in town and it kind of increases the, uh, the manpower for th- these departments are all, volunteer or combination right um, and there's, there's always a struggle to find more people in an environment like that and they're always looking for people and our bunkins provide that service so they're providing some extra bodies while college is in session and then the students are getting to learn um, by again responding to calls participating in drills and training uh, getting the hands-on end of it or, as well so it's, it's been very beneficial for for both both the local fire departments and then and then us Ah, it's a home run. I mean, it's just a good mix, right? Because you really become entrenched in this community, right? You're living there, you're living and breathing it, right? Sleeping there, cooking there, friendships are there. And then you go to class and then you go through all your education, your hands-on, and then you come back to the firehouse. And you do that. College is typically four years, right? Now, is this an associate's or a bachelor's, the program? This is an associate's, um, but this is uh, an accredited institution, um, so it's part of, uh, you know, SUNY, the SUNY system, State University right. of New York. Right. So when you graduate from Onondaga Community College, those credits are going to follow you wherever you want to go. So if you decide that you do want to go on and pursue a, a bachelor's in, in fire science or fire department administration, all the classes you took here, um, those credits will follow you wherever your next stop is. So that's... Uh, you know, that's important as well. When people are choosing, if they do want to go get some college coursework in, you know, make sure that you're taking these classes um, at an institution that uh, there's, I think there's six accrediting bodies for colleges in the United States. And uh, you just need to make sure that you hook up with one of those. Yeah. Uh, OCC is accredited by, it's called the Middle States Commission on Higher Education. Um, And that's just who serves colleges here regionally. But uh, as long as the institution you're going to has that accreditation you can kind of rest assured that your coursework is uh and your degree is going to help you 
transfer into a bachelor's or master's program or something like that if you want to pursue it later. Yeah, super important conversation that if you're looking at furthering your education, accreditation matters. Just like with mm-hmm. fire departments, accreditation matters. It means that, you know, that you can take what all the time that you put in and you can take that with you to wherever you choose to go. So accreditation matters. So if you're looking for programs out there, make sure they are accredited because it will follow you throughout your career like – like Chief Kane said, or should I say professor? I mean, Chief Professor? What what, what do you we can call me whatever you'd like? It's it, it comes <laughs> from it comes from where people know you, right? I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. So tell me what it does for you. I mean, that's gotta be a lot of fun. So ride in the line for twenty one years in Syracuse. You're now a professor. So you're actually taking it to the next level. You go from you know, the streets to now the classroom and you're bringing your experience and knowledge with you, combining it with a organized educational process institution, you know, with the institution of Onondaga Community College, you're now bringing it all together and putting forth a very powerful message in education to those that come into the program. What does it do for you? Are you enjoying it? I, I am. It, it's great. And, you know, I, I went through this program myself many years ago. Okay. Um, I kind of did it backwards. When I was hired by the Syracuse Fire Department, I already had uh, my bachelor's degree. Um, but at one point I decided, you know, Hey, let's start taking some classes related to, um, the job. You know, my, my bachelor's degree had nothing to do with the fire service. So I learned about this program at OCC. I started kind of slowly taking classes, you know, one here, one there. And over the course of a few years, I got my associate's degree, um, from there. So, um, even though I got it after my bachelor's, I figured it was important to go back and kind of take classes that were relevant to my job. And I would say that everything I learned there while I was in the program was very helpful uh, to me in my career, um, you know, on promotional exams, like all that stuff. The knowledge that you pick up from a, a fire science or a fire protection program, it's all 100% relevant, right? It's all great. It's all related to what you do. Um, and for me, it's exciting to know that, you know, maybe some of the students um, in my class, uh, will go on to, uh, do things in the fire service yeah. as well. And they still attribute some of their success to the program. And, and you're there at the foundation of it, which I think is super cool because most of the people coming through your program, I have to believe are younger in age. They are. Yep. So they're at the very start of whatever their potential career might be, whether they choose to stay volunteer or if they choose to go into professional and the career side, right? You're there at a very, er, very early and uh, influential time in their in their career. And so that, I think, has got to be exciting for you to see that hands-on, you know, see that part of it and to be a part of their growth. It is. And, you know, just recently we had uh, one student uh, graduated and immediately was hired by um, a fire department here in New York State. Um, so it is nice to see folks make that transition from, you know, uh, just the educational phase out into the real world and their career. Over the past, um, again, the program has been around for about 40 years. The, the past 20 years or so, when we've kind of tried to keep tabs on graduates of the program, what we found was that right around 80% of the people that we're aware of that, that went through our program ended up uh, doing something in public safety. Yeah. Um, the, the, the vast majority went on to be career firefighters, um, and then others went on to be you know, either police officers, paramedics, EMTs, dispatchers, something like that, all, all very important jobs. But yeah, about 80% of the kids that have, have been through the OCC fire protection program have, you know, gone on into the uh, emergency services type yeah. career. 
What is so? What does the typical course look like? That it's a two right. Typically, an associate's is a two year degree. Yes. Yep. So in that two years, give me the breakdown of what are we what are we doing from the day they come in to the day they they achieve their associate's degree. What does that what does that journey look like for them? The types of classes, what they're getting involved with, and and how does it progress throughout those two years? Uh, so the majority of courses you're going to take, all the core requirements are going to be related to um, the fire service, right? So you're going to take classes in uh, fire physics, fire behavior, uh, fire chemistry, uh, dynamics, um, investigation courses, uh, classes on building construction, which is, you know, a very, very important topic for the fire service now. Supervision, administration, um, and then we have um, some new courses that we rolled out, like Augie Matt's class uh, on technical rescue. This is the first semester we're offering it. Uh, next uh, fall, we're actually going to have a course we're offering called Fire Department Apparatus, and it'll be taught by a subject matter expert who has a uh, real tremendous background in fire apparatus design and procurement and everything. Love that. He'll be, yeah, he'll be teaching students in the class everything they need to know from you know, specking out uh, the the fire engine or truck or whatever, all the way through the entire process to final inspection, purchase, and then, you know, maintenance, uh, operation, all those things. And so that type of course is really something that both students in our program have expressed an interest in. And then also like some local chiefs uh, and people on apparatus committees who really don't necessarily want to come pursue a degree but they'd like to take that class just for the knowledge. So, you know, some of the classes, yes, are geared towards achieving your degree, but we have other standalone classes where you still get college credit and everything else, but um, it will teach you maybe a particular topic that um, is important to whatever you're doing currently. So what I um, like, what I like and what I'm hearing is, is that it's a realistic program, meaning mm -hmm. that the classes being offered, the subjects being taught, are prevalent in today's fire culture. And it's not some stuffy, you know, stuffy typical college class that is, you know, uh, you know, something that you're not going to apply within your potential career, right? These are these are all classes that are designed to educate and promote you as you move throughout your career. Yeah. And so in addition to learning everything that we teach you about just the the fire service and how fire departments operate and everything else. I mean, um, there's other uh, course requirements that don't exactly pertain to the fire service. Oh, I get that. But the, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to help the student understand, you know, the the government that they work for or the community yeah. that they serve because right. classes such as sociology, psychology, uh, you know, political science, things like that, you, you start to understand, you know, community dynamics and you start to understand how government interacts with uh, the fire chief's office, that kind of thing. So we like to think that we give students a nice broad overview uh, of how things are. And again, certainly this, none of this replaces experience, but um, you know, we like to give them the tools they need and uh, you know, hopefully they'll take the information they get from us and, and they will have a very successful career and, and hopefully make their way up through the ranks and things like that. But, you know, simple, what some people may consider simple items, such as, you know, budget preparation. Um, you know, the students learn all about that. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, ready to put a municipal budget together, but they understand differences between, you know, operational budgets, capital budgets, sure. bonding, uh, sure. things like that. 
procurement but policy. It makes for it makes for a well-rounded system that you know, uh, and this is what we were talking about earlier on: is that an educated firefighter is a better firefighter because when you learn about all the things that you might not be. Uh, privy to early on in your career when you learn about budgeting apparatus spec and purchasing and preventative maintenance and all these different things you get it you get a, a, an education on that early on it gives you an appreciation for and sets the stage for the potential for where you're going to head and so that if you ever do become part of a committee or you're learning about uh, crafting an operational budget and asking you know budgetary numbers or things like that you understand the process that's behind all of it. I think a lot of times we don't educate our own people enough about all the aspects of the job. And so when we when we expect them to understand or know something or to sympathize that, you know, things don't work that fast or we have to cut the, you know, the the bureaucratic, you know, red tape, like it takes time to cut through that. And a lot of people don't understand it because they've never been educated about it. Exactly. And that's where where we come in, you know, where we're, fire service educational programs come in because yeah there is another side to the fire service that a lot of people don't see until they're exposed to it and are are required to to suddenly do a job but then they're playing catch-up exactly so you know giving people just a basic background on what to expect as they end up in you know maybe an administrative position i think is important and the other thing too is you know don't forget that the modern fire service is very data driven and there's a there's a report for everything so i think you know college level education improves writing proficiency communication skills things like that and the the ability to write a a good uh, report whether it's about a fire an ems run or something else people have to do that every day even if they whether they're just a firefighter first line supervisor you're going to be tasked with with having to document things and um you know, you, you can't get that in a basic fire academy. I think really in a fire academy, which most of those are around 16 weeks in length, right? They don't have the recruits too terribly long. You're going to teach them kind of the, the basics of what they need to know to be a firefighter. Um, it's it's boot camp, really, for lack of a better description. So uh, um, some post-secondary education, um, like a college program, kind of gives you all the background information. It's, yeah. it's all very relevant. You You, you start to understand the why uh, and not just the the how this episode of the podcast is brought to you by anderson rescue solutions anderson rescue solutions was founded in 2016 by former philadelphia firefighter tim anderson as an urban firefighter and rescue specialist tim found that the equipment available to him lacked the usability and practicality in complex high stress environments that rescuers often found themselves in To combat this, he developed products based on his own experiences in the field, creating innovative, efficient gear designed to thrive in reality. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap is a perfect example of one of these products. Made in America, this patented tool is used for rapidly harnessing firefighters or civilians in the worst conditions. Every feature is fine-tuned to meet the needs of rescuers battling low visibility, low dexterity, and high stress. The multi-loop rescue strap has been used in numerous real-world rescues for both firefighters and civilians 
all across the country, and it is being increasingly adopted by fire, rescue, and tactical agencies as standard issue equipment. I carry one. I have carried one for many years. It is the most versatile strap out there. Check it out. The multi-loop rescue strap by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Tim Anderson, the owner and proprietor of Anderson Rescue Solutions, has become a dear friend. In fact, he's even been on the podcast several episodes ago. Dropped incredible information. He's super passionate about the fire service, about special operations, and he has built an incredible company, an incredible product. So because of our great relationship with Tim and Anderson Rescue Solutions, if you go to andersonrescue.com, you'll get 10% off if you use the promo code NFR2023. That's NFR2023 at checkout on andersonrescue.com. You'll get 10% off your order. And do me a favor, go over to their social media and check out Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for weekly news, product info, and other content in regards to Anderson Rescue Solutions. This episode's brought to you by Flame Decon. Developed specifically for firefighter decon, Flame shampoo, body wash, and soaps reduce your risk of getting occupational cancer. Live fire testing shows that carcinogens on your skin after a fire are removed and undetectable after using Flame. Flame Decon has made a product that not only does its job and does it well, but that you'll enjoy using. They smell amazing. They make your skin and hair feel great. I will be an absolute witness to that. I have used the product. Tara and I have known each other for quite some time. She has sent us product. We have used it, and it does take that smell of soot and smoke off of you immediately following a shower. It makes a difference. You can find Flame Decon products at flamedecon.com and use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. That's promo code NFR for 15% off your first order at flamedecon.com. And for departments that are interested in departmental orders, more than one or two pieces of product, you can reach out to Tara directly at Tara at flamedecon.com. She's happy to entertain any inquiries that you have. And this made me think departments need to protect their own and protecting our own is also after the fire. Chiefs, purchasing managers, look into Flame Decon as a way of protecting our firefighters in and out of the firehouse. So check out Flame Decon at flamedecon.com. Use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. Yeah, no, I get that. And then educate me too then a little bit about the program also because not only is it classroom, but like uh, the technical rescue, right? Augie's a, a subject matter expert, right? So he comes in now, he teaches a class on technical rescue. Is there a hands-on portion too? Do we have students out on the training grounds just like they would be in the classroom? We do. We do. That's a, that's a very important part of what we do. Um, so students that come through our program in particular, and this is relatively unique to college programs, we also offer, you know, IFSAC um, credentialing or certification. So IFSAC's the International Fire Service Accreditation Council. Um, it's national firefighting cert so students can come out of our program with things like firefighter one firefighter two instructor one and two officer one and two things like that so these are nationally accepted um, certifications there's there's two major governing bodies for national firefighter certs right it's uh, the pro board and then ifsac so we're the only ifsac accredited entity 
in New York State. So students who choose to, and it's they're not required, but they can also get certified to be a firefighter through us. And their certs, um, you know, once they successfully complete these classes and get certified, um, their certifications are immediately recognized by New York State. And uh, I'm not sure on the exact number, but it is the vast majority of states in the union accept IFSAC as state level equivalency. Um, I, I don't believe it's all 50, but it's it's very close. So right. no matter where you want to move to in the country, mm -hmm. if you have IFSAC or Pro Board certs, um, you can, especially if it's an application-based process, you know, if you just show up to a, a fire department and submit a resume, right. um, some of those places are, you know, ready to put you to work almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, other places, there's a civil service testing process and things, but um, graduates of our program can demonstrate, you know, hey, I'm... Not only do I have my degree, my degree, I have I have an associate's degree, I have 60 college credits in fire protection. I'm also a certified firefighter. Yep. And we also, our, our campus has, uh, the students have access to an EMT class on campus, which is credit bearing. Um, so they really can come out of our program with the degree, the firefighting certs, an EMT card, which is very important. So if you think about it, um, the vast majority of career departments, especially in the United States, do some form of EMS. Um, a lot of it's first response, both ALS and BLS, but around 30% of those departments now are transporting. They're providing ambulances to their community. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think that's something that a lot of employers are, are looking for. They, yeah. they want to see have uh, EMS background or certification as well. And it also sets the stage early on, right, for the expectation of what the job truly looks like, right? And so yes. that, you know, the job is just more than, uh, you know, going to fires and all these great things that they're learning about, yet, you know, there's another aspect to it also, the service aspect, the community aspect, the EMS side, you know, and all of that, which creates a really, you know, um, interesting program because it's all-encompassing, if you will. I think it's a, a great way for a younger, I mean, even an older person too, that might be looking for a change in direction or, or a new career, but it's certainly a great way to educate whether or not you're into uh, that type of program and then lifestyle, right? Because like how many engineers or bankers or lawyers get to practice while they're going through schooling, right? They don't really learn if they love it or like it until they get into it, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's a very good point. And uh, yeah, we feel it's important for us to, you know, give them a taste of everything, you know, show them exactly, um, you know, the, the, the theory uh, behind a concept. And then also we're going to go out and do it in certain classes. We, we do have a, uh, a contract with a local fire department that has a very nice uh, state of the art training ground uh, facility that we use. So um, our students get to use that for all their, you know, live fire evolutions, their hands-on training, you know, and that includes vehicle extrication and, and, and everything else. So another thing that we've been very big on is um, we investing in equipment for this program. So the, the college, I would say last year invested uh, probably about 300,000 in just new training equipment uh, for, for the students. Um, including, you know, top of the line extrication equipment, brand new SCBAs, uh, things like that. However, we have a very good relationship with a lot of local fire departments. So some of them have, uh, and we're up to probably seven or eight departments have stepped up and said, hey, we have some surplus equipment here that we were thinking of auctioning off. Um, 
you know, it's still serviceable, but we've replaced it. Would you like it? And we've taken in a, a very large amount of donations. Um, so we have more equipment uh, on hand now than we've ever had in our 40 plus year history, it's great. which is great for the students. You yeah. know, some of the stuff is brand new. Some of the stuff is, you know, you could say gently used, but they're going to get to put their hands on, um, you know, most or all of the important pieces of equipment that they need to become experts with before, before they leave us, yeah. which is good. How often are you changing, developing, growing the program? I mean, as the program coordinator, I would think that there's a lot of things that every day you're probably like, ooh, we should think about that in the future. We should do this or we should do that. So I got to think it's constantly evolving. It is. Um, so both internally, um, we're uh, making sure that we're kind of evolving. And then the college as well um, wants curriculums revised you know, basically every couple of years, you have to submit a new, um, new curriculum. You have to explain to the college, like, how is this still contemporary? You know, they don't want you teaching the same thing that you were teaching 20 years ago yeah. for obvious reasons. Right. So, um, but we, like I mentioned, we developed a new class on tech rescue this semester. Uh, for the fall semester, we're going to have a fire department apparatus class, um, which both of those classes have never been offered before. And they're being taught by people who are new to the organization, but they, you know, they're, very, very well versed in uh, what they're about to teach. And we also teach things like, you know, the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation has uh, a lot of what we believe to be very important important classes that we teach. Uh, our students walk away with those certs as well, like, you know, courage to be safe, yeah. leadership so everyone goes home, um, you know, things that are all based on the 16 um, life safety initiatives mm -hmm. that were put together by that foundation several years ago. We, we teach courses related directly to that. And we, you know, we also have, um, we're very, very big on guest lectures and we, we bring in people from the outside all the time just to talk for maybe a day about a particular subject. And, you know, we've had people from the, uh, firefighter cancer foundation come in and, and talk about cancer prevention, which is obviously a very important topic in the fire service nowadays. Yeah. Um, we, we certainly don't want to scare anybody away from this profession, but we want to make sure that we're educating them on, you know, the, the best, uh, possible actions you can take to reduce your risk of occupational cancer. Sure. So we very proud of that as well. No, that's good. I, I think that, and that's what I really like about this as we, as we keep talking about and expanding on what, what the, um, what you guys are doing, the fact that you're open to bringing in subject matter, subject matter experts, constantly changing the curriculum and bringing in something new or different, taking into consideration that, you know, these kids, a lot of them are kids, you know, they need to learn in a specific way. And if it's relates, it's relatable to today's fire service, it's going to keep them excited. The buy-in is there, right? To bring yeah. in outside speakers and let them talk about different parts of the job. I was going to ask you about, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I hear and a lot of what we speak about is tradition and culture, as well as leadership and, you know, traits of a leader and, and the, the senior man conversation and all of that. It's a lot of what I speak to. I actually just did a program on it the other, uh, um, a couple of weeks ago about it. Uh, so on, I have a whole program just based upon like the generational gap, right? Bridging the gap. And I think that those are all parts of the conversation that truly matter too, because if you're going to educate, we might as well educate them about as much as we can as we go around. And some of that is that informal uh, yet formal stuff that maybe doesn't hit, you know, a curriculum, but it needs to be talked about. There needs to be attention drawn to it. And I was curious, do you guys do anything with the mental health side? We are looking to get more into that. Um, you know, obviously access to mental health assistance, 
uh, peer support teams, stuff like that is, is one of the, the life safety initiatives right. um, set forth by the foundation. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we talked to it to that degree. And uh, I can tell you recently in one of my classes, an assignment was, you know, either the department that you're currently bunking in at or your home department back wherever you're from. I'd like you to research your EAP program and tell us a little bit about that and how you would access it if, if you needed to. And, you know, that, that was an eye opener, I think, for a few students uh, who, until they did that research, had no idea that, number one, their EAP program even existed in their well, department. It was or, probably eye opening to some of the departments, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. In terms of uh, actual focus, a, a class that's focused on, you know, health and wellness, uh, we, we have some development uh, that we're doing with that. We have, you know, two or three other classes that we're really looking to add in addition to ones that we already have, but yeah. nothing that's uh, necessarily ready to roll out at this point. But no, we we definitely it. recognize the, the importance of, you know, um, mental health in the, in the fire service. That's uh, certainly another major issue that we're, we're facing today. So we, we do touch on it. We don't have a, cl- a course that focuses on it just yet, but I, I do see that coming in the future. Yeah, I get that. I just know how, you know, prevalent it has become, unfortunately, in some regards, you know, suicide and substance abuse and, and marital issue, you know, all of it. it. It's all part of it, and it is prevalent. And um, and I think it's important that we have real conversations about that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know you're obviously aware, but, you know, it would be, you know, I think partly uh, it would be good if we were able to educate more and more as we go, and I'm sure you will. So, yeah, I was just yeah. curious about that. Let me ask you about the buy-in, right? So we talk about the buy-in a lot, you know, with firefighters buy into their departments, the departments buy into their students. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, the professional program right now that Syracuse did for their firefighters for furthering education, which goes right in line with what the program you're offering and what you're doing at OCC. The buy-in of the student, I think, is really cool about this because it's such a narrow discipline. Most people are coming to the, I would think most people are coming to the program with already having some type of exposure to the emergency services prior to them getting to where you are. I wonder how many people that are green to it come through that program. I think a lot of people probably have some type of foundation before them, before they apply for your, for your program. But you're, the, you're correct. Yeah. yeah. But the buy-in then allows you as the program coordinator to really understand that your people want to be there, right? Most, so many kids, like when I went to college, I was a criminal justice major. And that was because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll be a cop, you know, like it's good yep. in, where I'm from. It's a good career. It's, it's, it's good pay, great benefits, retirement, pension, all that, you know, and so on. Um, ended up not going that route, but I did get a, a bachelor's in criminal justice. But I had so many friends in college that were sociology majors or, uh, you know, um, something that they didn't know what they wanted to do with their degree. And so during their four-year course load, they bounced all over the place trying to figure out what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So there's not a tremendous amount of buy-in. They're there because they feel like they need to be there at a four-year degree or a two-year degree. And here I am. I'm going to get a college degree. It really doesn't matter in what. I don't really have any direction yet. For you, your students have tremendous buy-in because they've already been exposed to emergency services, and now they want to pursue it further. And so I'd like to think that the curriculum represents that, the attitude represents that, right? It definitely does, and that's, uh, I would say, better than 90% of the students that come into our program um, are already 
involved in the fire service at some cool. level. They're volunteering somewhere or something like that. So you can hit so the they, ground running, man. We can. Um, you know, some of them uh, have very limited experience, but uh, they, they at least have a basic understanding of what's going on. And our, our job is to give them and everyone else a full understanding. So we're, you know, we all, the entire staff believe that, you know, firefighting is it's, it's the best job in the world. It's the absolute best profession out there. Um, in terms of the adjuncts, I think their combined years of service, uh, like I had mentioned, is it's well over 200 years total. Um, so these are people that have been around for a bit. And again, the class that they're teaching, they're experts in. Um, and I think their enthusiasm can really be contagious. You know, everybody that's up in front of a classroom um, has been part of this for a while, part of the fire service. And they, they, you know, I think their enthusiasm bleeds over into the students, which is why I believe we've been so successful. Um, I mentioned 80% of our graduates have, uh, you know, gone on to do something in emergency services, mostly firefighting. But, um, you know, I, I think that says a lot about the taste that they leave with from our program. We, we, we continue to convince them that, you know, hey, listen, firefighting is, is, is the best career out there and hopefully you want to pursue it, you know. And, but I would say we even reach out to people who are talking about majoring in something like criminal justice. We're like, you know, if, if you want to go into law enforcement, which, again, very, very good career, very important. Um, why, you know, why not major in fire protection for now? You know, it, most police departments, when you apply, um, they just want you to have X number of college credits, not necessarily a degree in anything particular. A degree like fire protection uh, or fire science, something like that, will expose you to emergency services. So you'll still see a lot of the same things that law enforcement sees. You know, if you think about it, the fire department goes to a lot of the same types of calls that the police and EMS do, sure. you know, major disasters, fires, accidents, things like that. So we say, Hey, if you're, if you're interested in emergency services, even if it's maybe the police end of things or uh, paramedicine or something like that, why don't you start with our degree? Cause you kind of get a, a very broad perspective of, of everything that goes on out there. Yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. Um, let me ask you this thinking I live outside of the Syracuse area and I'm interested in the program. How do I find the program? How do, how do I find myself to get there? Does the school help me with the bunking programs? What does it all look like? If I was an 18 year old kid, that's interested I'm a high school, junior, senior, I'm interested. I'm a volunteer at home or I, or I know nothing about the fire service, but I'm interested in it. How does the process look? What does it look like? So the first thing you'd want to do is uh, go to the college's official website, which would be sunyocc.edu. So it's S-U-N-Y-O-C-C.edu slash fire. Um, and that will take you to the section of the college's website that just tells you a little bit about our program. Just some pictures, some bullet points, you know, it tells you what we're all about. Um, then you could also go to sunyocc.edu slash apply. <coughs> and... Um, that's where you can start your college application process. It's a, it's a very simple, very streamlined uh, application process now. Like I think a lot of colleges, the majority of it, you just do online. You obviously have to get, you know, uh, copies of your high school transcripts and diploma and stuff right. like that sent. But it's, it's, a, it's a very, very simple process. Once someone knows for sure that they want to come here and they're interested in pursuing this degree program, um, they can reach out to us. Um, they could email me, for example, j.kane at sunyocc.edu, and uh, I'd be happy to provide them with a list of the local bunking opportunities. 
Um, we have a presence on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Yeah. So if you go on uh, Facebook and look up SUNY OCC Fire Protection uh, Program, uh, we'll come up and we're, we're very active. So you can communicate with us there as well, or you can get some information. But we, uh, we certainly like to make the process as easy as we can for any prospective students. Um, you know, picking out where you want to go to college can be tough. So, and we understand that. And we, we try and make the process uh, as painless as we can for them. Yeah. And then the, the, the living, because a lot of it too, I, I, what I really like is the living aspect of it because it provides, you know, uh, room and board uh, at a, at a rate that is uh, pretty palatable for anyone. Right. And in return yep. for service, you have free room and board. So you're really just paying for the college credits then, uh, and in what comes with that, but you're not having to pay, you know, the, a, a big portion of any college tuition is the room and board. And so your program accommodates that, which is fantastic. Um, yep. And so how do you, do you work in conjunction with those different departments then? Those departments recognize your program and say, hey, we'd love to, to help support the program by allowing anyone to stay here as long as they're committed to your program and so on. I'm sure there's a whole regimen there, but you have a great relationship, I assume with these departments and it's a very mutual, you know, back and forth. Yes. And uh, we, we basically make the introduction. So the, the 13 departments that I mentioned, and I actually, while we're on that, I, I we anticipate adding probably another two in the next year. So eventually we'll be up somewhere around 15 bunking wow. opportunities cool. for a total of probably, 70 something spots but you know we make the introduction and in that we give this prospective students a list of all the fire departments how many bunking opportunities they have who to contact and then those students reach out to those individual departments that they might be interested in and they set up you know um there'll be an interview process sure. and it just similar to any other application to a volunteer department although it's kind of expedited because it's for for a bunking not full membership um, they'll sit down with you and, you know, we have some students who come to us and they'll go through the list and they'll maybe sit down with five different departments and sometimes they'll say, eh, these two aren't for me, um, you know, um, but I like this one over here. And it goes both ways. You may have a department say, hey, I don't I don't think you'd be a good uh, fit yeah, here or right. I think, you know, you'd be great. So it's, um, again, the best way to describe it is we make the introduction, but we do go so far as to ensure that um, if you're offering bunking opportunities to, to our students, you have to have decent facilities, right? Yes. We don't want to hear that these students are sleeping on a cot out in the apparatus bay uh, or something like that. They have to have their own private living facility, their own bathroom, uh, access to, you know, kitchen facilities. So we make sure that this is something that's going to be a good fit for a student and conducive to them you know, having a, a decent place to live when they're not in class. Absolutely. Um, they got to have the right infrastructure to support it. Right. I mean, that's, you know, and cause it's a representation of the college and the program. And so the firehouse and the fire department has to represent what the program stands for. Right. So, yep. yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, like, <clears throat> like I said, the local departments that participate love it because when school's in session, it provides them with some additional firefighters to yeah. respond to calls. And uh, it, it really, it's, it's served us well and it's been around, the bunking program has not been around quite as long as the actual college program itself. Um, it's been around since the 1990s, um, but it's been very successful. Um, we have uh, students that have bunked in different departments and, like I said, going on to careers, kind of 
throughout the United States. And we, we still hear from many of them on social media. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and not only that, but if the program does them right, which it does, they become ambassadors for the program. And, uh, and they set the stage for, you know, being the best sales staff you could possibly have for your program because they're pushing and telling everyone all about it. And I think that's huge, right? And that's what I love. Like, that's that buy-in. And that's like what you guys are doing, the programs that you have, the fact that it's a, a combination of, of classroom and real-world experience with hands-on in, in the training grounds. It's just the, the right recipe for success. I really believe that. I, I do. Yep. Yeah, that's great. So what's next for the program? Uh, we're going to keep uh, continuing what we're doing, which is, you know, try and develop new classes, uh, find new professors, hands-on instructors, things like that. We're always looking at new technology. If something else comes out, uh, we want to make sure that we're keeping up with that and can provide that information to our students. Uh, we are looking pretty intently at developing a, a GIS class. Uh, you know, uh, geographic information systems like mapping, it's cool. which is a lot of fire chiefs utilize that now to provide, you know, graphical representations of, hey, look, here's where all my calls are. Here's, you know, different times of day. Here's what the call volume looks like. So although that's not new technology exactly, uh, it's it's being used more and more in the fire services, you know, uh, fire department administrators interact with um, the local government and yeah. uh, we are looking at developing that course as well to um, get students some familiarity with that. Yeah. No, I love that. And you know, what's cool about that too, is like when you bring forth new programs like that, right. Being on the cutting edge of what's new or exciting, the conversations and, and educating your students. I mean, a lot of people are not familiar with that. And so, you know, this, this kid to the fire department brings it back and he says, yeah, we just learned about this. How cool is this? Oh, what can that do for us? And then he becomes instrumental in helping the department grow right and, yep. and growth and of knowledge and experience i love that man it's just a win i you know i'm kind of jealous of it i wish i had that opportunity or i knew these opportunities existed uh prior to my college career but like i've, I've said in other episodes the internet didn't exist until literally my freshman year of college that was my mm -hmm. first email address was <laughs> 1995 so i didn't know <laughs> yep. half these programs existed yeah, uh, there. Unfortunately, I think there's fewer fire service type college programs now than there were, you know, several years ago. I think yeah. I think a lot of colleges nationwide have suffered, especially, you know, during and just after the pandemic, uh, with some declining enrollment. So some programs, unfortunately, didn't survive. But I think the ones that have survived, you know, they they keep um, moving the needle. You know, they they keep pushing things uh, ahead. And like I mentioned earlier, we're obligated to update our curriculum every so often. So even if I wanted to teach the same things that we've always taught, which is bad practice, the college wouldn't allow it. Right. You know, they'd say, no, no, you're going to have to update this. This is, this is, we need to see some changes here. And we recognize that. And we, we want to make sure that our students have their finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. And even things like, you know, PFAS and, and, and turnout gear, we discuss that in class. You know, we discuss the science behind it. We discuss the dangers, like, you know, they're, they're hearing about all the things that are currently going on. You know, like right now, obviously, there's a, a lawsuit pending between the IFF and the NFPA. And, right. You know, we discussed that and we discussed how we got to this point. We, we just want our students to be able to see, you know, what's going on in their fire department from all different angles. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's also setting the record straight. A lot of a lot of the information that people are absorbing today might be 
half-truths or, or partial information and not the whole story. And when you have a curriculum and you have a program and you can talk current events led by an assistant professor, somebody that's retired out of the job and knows the fire service and keeps up on the current events, you set the record straight for what's fact versus fiction. And I think that that's very important as well. Exactly. And, and like I said, my uh, adjunct staff, we make sure that these are people that are uh, – experts in whatever it is sure. they're currently teaching. You know, Augie that you had on a few days ago, who's one of our adjuncts, um, he is, I would say, nationally recognized as a, a subject matter expert in, in tech rescue. Yes. Uh, the guy that we're bringing on to teach uh, fire department apparatus, um, used to design apparatus, and, and now he uh, oversees purchasing and things like that. So these are people who can share their experience their relevant experience with, with the students that they're talking to. I love it. Makes sense to me, professor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John, thank you, brother. I appreciate you joining me today. The hour goes pretty quick. Um, But uh, you know, I'm really happy that we got to do this because I think education is super important. And I, as the job changes, so do we have, we have to as well. And a yeah. better educated firefighter, truthfully, is uh, is what we need. We need firefighters that invest in themselves and their education because it speaks to who they are. And when they want to make themselves better, the job becomes better. And uh, and I firmly believe that. So I truly appreciate you joining me today on the podcast. Um, again, where can people reach out to you if they have interest in the program or if they want to just uh, pick your brain on a couple things that might have to do with furthering education? I know you like to speak to that as well, but where can people reach out to you and find you? So they can email me directly, uh, Kane. so j.kane at sunyocc.edu. Uh, they can also go to sunyocc.edu slash fire to learn about the program. And then uh, please check us out on Facebook. If you just type in SUNY OCC Fire Protection Program, uh, our page should come up. And uh, we're, we're very active on social media. So anytime we have something going on, we, we like to share it. I love it. And that's j.kane at sunyocc.edu. That's it. Yep. Beautiful. I want to make sure I had that right. I'll put that in the narrative notes. So if you're listening and you're interested in reaching out to John, please look in the notes of the podcast and uh, leave some comments. And uh, you can always follow up with us, too, and we'll put you in touch with them. Uh, John, thank you very much for joining me today, brother. I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And uh, do me a favor. Keep pushing forward, man, because you're molding and shaping the next generation of firefighters. I love it, man. Keep making an influence and and keep making an impact because you're making the job better. So thank you very much. Uh, We will. Thank you very much for having me. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Stay right there. I'm just going to sign off the podcast. I'll come right back to you, brother. All right. Good. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Deputy Chief retired out of Syracuse, New York, John Kane, 21 years on the job. And now he's spreading his love and knowledge and passion for the job being an assistant professor at the Onondaga Community College as the program coordinator for the Fire Protection Technology Program. An incredible conversation today about furthering ourselves and our education. Like I said, if you want to talk to John and find out more about the program, you can find him. We'll leave the email in the notes of the podcast. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming in and listening and spending some time with us today and take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Cause when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy national fire radio. 
Mobile Fire Radio.